Recently, I had a patient in her late 20s diagnosed with HPV cervical dysplasia. And after my usual spiel on HPV cervical disease, she had a great question. She said, my partner likes to give me oral sex. Is he at risk of HPV disease? That's actually a great question. Remember, since Michael Douglas, the actor of Ant-Man movie fame, brought this to light in about 2014 or so, this actually got a lot of attention about HPV oropharyngeal disease. Remember, in an interview published in the Guardian newspaper in London, Douglas mentioned that his own throat cancer likely was caused by giving his then-wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones, repetitive oral sex at her request. Yeah, he kind of threw her under the bus. But what do we know about HPV, oral-to-genital contact, or even oral-to-oral contact? Well, there's been a lot of data on this, and that's the topic of our podcast now. So let's get to it right away. First, some general background information. In the 17 years from 1999 through 2015, the mouth and throat replaced the cervix as the most common site of cancer associated with HPV infection in the U.S., with far more oropharyngeal cancer cases in men than in women, and this is according to the CDC the rate of cervical cancer dropped by about 1.6% per year during that time interval, while oropharyngeal cancer rates actually increased 2.8% per year among men and 0.6% per year among women. And this, again, is according to the CDC. So the first clinical pearl is that this is much more of a common issue, again, HPV oropharyngeal disease in men compared to women. More than 100 different types of HPV exist, but only a few of these are known to cause cancer. Remember, HPV 16 or 18, for example, triggers most cases of cervical cancer, and HPV 16 is known to cause most oropharyngeal malignancies. So that's yet another clinical pearl. Remember, HPV 16 is the one most closely tied to oropharyngeal disease unprotected oral sex and receptive anal sex are risk factors for HPV transmission. White men have the highest number of lifetime oral sex partners and report first performing oral sex at a younger age compared with other racial or ethnic groups. Now that's not my data, that's data from the CDC. These risk factors could be contributing to a higher rate of oropharyngeal squamous cell cancer among white men than other racial or ethnic groups, and that, once again, is according to CDC data. Now, in the past, oropharyngeal cancers were mostly linked to smoking or alcohol abuse. But today, oropharyngeal cancers related to smoking and alcohol are actually on the decline, while those caused by HPV are rising dramatically. Oral sex is a big part of sexual intimacy for a lot of couples, even in those that are virginal. But what do we know about the data about the acquisition of HPV by oral genital contact or even deep kissing oral-to-oral contact? Well, the answer is a lot and has only been in the last really five or six years where this advent of information has come to light. First, let's take a look at the correlation between cervical or vaginal HPV and oral HPV carriage in women. 
in women, infections with HPV in the mouth or throat are not as common as in males. But data finds that about three quarters of women who do have an oral HPV infection also have vaginal HPV. Data has also found that women who'd had two or more oral sex partners in the past year were three times more likely to have both oral and vaginal infections with the same strain of HPV called a concordant infection. This was compared to women who had no oral sex partners in the past year. So this finding does support the oral genital transmission theory. Here's what the study numbers look like. These researchers analyzed information from more than 3,400 U.S. women between the ages of 18 and 69, and they tested them for both oral and vaginal HPV. This was in 2014. The researchers studied 37 different strains of HPV, obviously including some of the oncogenic variety. What they found was about 76% of the women with oral HPV also had vaginal infection. So if it's in the mouth in women, it's definitely going to be in the vagina at about 76%. However, the reverse, thankfully, is not true. Only about 7% of the women with vaginal HPV also had oral HPV infection. Now, in this study, women who had performed oral sex on a new partner in the past year were twice as likely to have both a oral and vaginal HPV infection. And this was compared with women who did not perform oral sex on a new partner in the past year. But women who'd had a new oral sex partner more than a year ago actually were not at increased risk. Well, what does this mean? Well, it means that there is a possibility of genital-to-oral and oral-to-genital transmission, and more data has shed light on this factor. But who's actually at risk, and what are other potential modifiable risk factors? Let's get to that next. Recent data from Canada has helped explain the HPV transmission from oral sex. These authors published results in the journal Cancer Epidemiology, biomarkers, and prevention. Results offered more evidence that HPV transmission can occur through oral-to-oral and oral-to-genital contact with the infected person. McGill University researchers investigated HPV infection prevalence among 222 men and their female partners. All participants were required to complete a questionnaire about their sexual history, including information about how often men gave oral sex to their female partner and to provide oral and vaginal or penile scrotal samples. They found that 7% of men developed oral HPV. Of these, 29% had a female partner who had oral HPV infection while 11.5% had a female partner with a genital HPV infection. Smoking accounted for oral HPV infection in 12% of the men, while 18% of the infections occurred among men in non-monogamous relationships. The researchers found that 2.3% of men who took part in the study were infected with HPV-16. Remember, that's the worry one for oropharyngeal cancers. Among the 33 men who had partners with a genital HPV infection, HPV-16 occurred 6% of the time. 
Furthermore, the team discovered that a man's risk of HPV increased the more they gave oral sex to their infected female partner. So there is a risk of vaginal to oral or female to male transmission from the genital to the oral route. For every unit increase in oral sex frequency, the man's risk of becoming infected with a specific HPV type present in their female partner's genitals actually increased twofold. There were no HPV infections found among men who had a partner without oral or genital HPV, those who were in a monogamous relationship, or those who had never smoked. The lead author has commented on the clinical significance of these findings. According to that lead researcher, quote, Our work provides additional evidence that HPV is sexually transmitted to the oral tract through oral-to-oral and oral-to-genital contact, end quote. Well, there are other possible agents that can augment oral infection. And according to other data, that other factor is gum disease. Other researchers in a separate study from the University of Texas Health Science Center found that participants with gum disease were 51% more likely to develop oral HPV than those without the condition, while those with other dental problems had a 28% increased risk of oral HPV acquisition and infection. The second modifiable factor is smoking, and we've already said it, that smoking is an isolated independent risk factor that can further increase the prevalence of oral HPV. But so is the number of oral sex partners, and that makes sense. Other study data came from 13,000 individuals, all of whom were aged 20 to 69, who took part in the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. These results have been published in the Annals of Oncology. Among men, those who had one or no oral sex partners were at the lowest risk of oral HPV, with a prevalence of about 1.5%. For oral HPV infection, those who had two or four sex partners, again, this is oral sex, the prevalence increased to 4% among non-smokers, and it elevated further to 7% among men who smoked. Now, the highest prevalence of infection reached 15%, and that was observed among men who had five or more oral sex partners and who also smoked. So the modifiable independent factor seems to be gum disease, smoking, and the number of oral sex partners. All right, let's step back here for a minute. Look, what do we do with this information? Well, as OBGYN physicians, it's about patient education and awareness. For patients who are diagnosed with cervical vaginal HPV, we can tell them, we need to let them know that there is a risk of transmission from the vaginal area to the oral cavity of their partners with oral sex. But thankfully, the rate of progression to oral pharyngeal cancer is still overall low, That's the difference between relative risk and absolute numbers. However, there are risk factors that increase the rate of oral pharyngeal cancer in the recipient. One, being male. Second, the number of oral sex partners. And then third, of course, is smoking. Well, what is Gardasil's role here? I mean, is there evidence that Gardasil, the HPV vaccine, can help protect against oral pharyngeal cancer? Well, let's be very clear. Of course, most of the data has focused on cervical vaginal disease, 
but a study published online July 2013 in PLUS One was part of the NCI Costa Rica vaccine trial and it examined whether administration of HPV vaccine reduced new oral HPV acquisition. The trial assigned more than 7,000 women aged 18 to 25 to receive either the HPV 16 and 18 vaccine or a vaccine against hepatitis A as a comparison. Four years later, researchers found that 16 of the women had contracted an oral HPV infection, one in the HPV vaccine group and 15 in the comparison group. This calculates to about a 93% reduction in the rate of HPV infection in women who received the vaccine compared to those who did not. So according to the American Cancer Society, this is very promising evidence that HPV vaccines might prevent against oral HPV infections as well, and they may have a significant impact on the prevalence of throat malignancy. Podcast family, here's your take-home final pearls. In closing, HPV does have various routes of transmission, including oral, vaginal, and anal or rectal transmission. Although the risk for oral pharyngeal transmission is increased, it is still very low. Only about 0.7% of men are ever likely to develop oral pharyngeal cancer during their lifetime. However, as oral sex increases in popularity or prevalence and smoking is still around, these numbers may change. So once again, it's all about patient education and awareness. Most importantly, currently, there's no throat pap smear for screening. So outside of research protocols, there's no good way to help identify who has oral pharyngeal HPV. Thankfully, it's assumed that most cases of oral pharyngeal HPV, just like cervical, are short-lived and the body can replace those HPV-infected cells with normal cells. However, more data is needed on the rate of regression of oral pharyngeal HPV and the absolute risk of progression to pharyngeal cancer. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and we see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls.